Niles Calder, I'm coming for you. Welcome back to Do Patrol Radio WDPR 96.3, your favorite interdimensional radio station. Do you have unwanted facial hair? Well, not to worry, the Beard Hunter is on the case. He'll help you rid your pretty little shit of that Harry Bettis here on Do Patrol Radio. All right, nobodies. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today we're talking about episode 10 of Doom Patrol, which is called Beard Patrol. And it's going to be kind of based on a comic book, an issue. Just the one comic book. Just kind of, it's kind of based <laughs> off a comic book, but it's based off of sort like source material. Yes. Partly. And yeah. then the second part, which is going to be kind of like a flashback from Niles Calder. Um, I'm going to say it's pretty original, but today we're talking about episode 10. Um, and, and Nate, I want to, I want to get your first overall initial reaction. Um, can you tell me what you thought about today's episode? Yeah, it was wild, man. It was wild. In, in, there's layers to that one. Yeah, it was it was wild. I got to the end of the episode and I looked over and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Is <laughs> <laughs> this this reaction you're supposed to have when you watch Doom Patrol, right? Yeah. I mean, t- normally to some we extent. can yeah, normally yeah. we can keep For up, most people, but yeah. That one was Yeah. Curveball. That was Curveball City. It really was. It really was. The only thing that we you know, like going into it, the only things that we knew what to expect was that this episode is going to be uh, kind of running in the same same time as last week's episode, Jane Patrol, in which um, the negative spirit, uh, Robot Man, and Crazy Jane are doing their whole thing with the underground. And then in the meantime, Cyborg, Rita Farr, and the Beard Hunter are going to be doing their thing. Um, and then this episode also also introduces like a, a flashback kind of bit um, with Niles Calder going down basically his his deepest, darkest secret memory. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's going to start with that. Um, I'm not sure which one you want to start with first. I mean, um, is there any of... is Which, which mm. one did you feel like you felt most, like, what the fuck about? I guess the memory of Niles Calder. Yeah, the, the flashback to the 19 aughts. 19 is that what is that 19 aughts the 19 aughts like yeah. it ought to be like somewhere in there well in 19 aught i think aught is for, for a zero so i don't know if you could say 19 aught. 1910s yeah then yeah right before the great war and then it by mm-hmm. the end of the episode we're by the end of his memory we're in the great war yeah like um, a great gatsby thing and it's, it's like it's it's almost like an origin story it's an origin episode for now's calder yeah and then also an origin story for the Bureau of Normalcy, uh, which yeah. we learned today is also what they used to be known as in the 1910s was the Bureau of Oddities. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, I guess, originally now it's called, they used to work for the Bureau of Oddities in which they would explore and study um, odd things, odd things that happened throughout the world, which that sounds like a very plausible organization. Like that sounds like, like the men in black. Yeah, I guess so. Men in Black. Yeah, if you have to distance yourself from like the Men in Black franchise mm-hmm. and go back to like what the Men in Black are, which is just 
being in secret and studying things that are strange. So yeah. Like X Files, that's also Men in Black. X Files. Yeah. X Files is Men in Black. I mean, it's hard to not be alien. Alien, yeah. right? And you have to get away from that. You have to think like um, cryptids, like uh, Loch Ness and uh, like Yetis. Monsters, Yetis. Yeah. Good one. Yetis and yeah, skunk apes. Yetis are real, right? No, Yetis are not real. Um, you know, I don't know. Oh, you never know. I um, don't know. Oh, I was trying to. I guess I was trying to I ask: a, Are, are Yetis book. cryptids? Are they yeah, cryptids? They yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, it's like he belongs to that organization, um, which in the future, in the present, they're known, it's known as the Bureau of Normalcy. Um, and, and it's, it kind of starts out with, you know, I guess they're, they're hunting for this giant, like mythical beast, like Mm -hmm. an actual cryptid, like this. Um, I thought it was a werewolf at first. I thought it was a werewolf too. Yeah, like I thought it was someone who turned into a werewolf, and, so, yeah. and I think that's what they they trick you with. Um, and and so Niles Calder basically loses his way from 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 uh, safety in mankind, and he gets lost in the woods. Uh, Taking a dump. I know he was taking a dump. Like he's like, I'll be two seconds. I'm gonna go. Yeah, you remember that guy? uh, Oh boy, I forgot the actor's name. From what? Lost World. Plays Uh, Lucifer. Peter Peter Stormare. There you go. Peter Stormare in Lost World. Good one. It comes. Cops Ignatius. Get him. The compies. Yeah, the compies. Okay. Um, and so yeah, he's. (laughs) It's. That's probably the most invulnerable you can be. Or no, vulnerable. Vulnerable? The most vulnerable you could be. Yes. Yeah. Not only being uh, cornered by wolves, which mm-hmm. is like the same as raptors or compies, but also trying to use the bathroom while With your happened. pants down. Yeah. Your yeah. <laughs> Literally. Not figuratively. There was an episode of um, that show, Generation Kill. I think it was a... Is that an anime? No, it was a HBO or Showtime. Mm-hmm. One of those. Um, and it was about like the... Uh, Afghanistan war, uh, Iraq war and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And there was this one girl who was like a sergeant or something like that and she had to go pee. Mm-hmm. And then she went behind the sand dune, pulled her pants down and was mid-pee and somebody popped up from the sand dune and shot her. This happened in a TV show? Yeah, it happened in a TV show. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah, and then there was another scene where you remember when people used to run with the with the restricted breather masks. Excuse me. You know, like you get the Sith mask or uh, Ra's al Ghul style. Yeah, and you run and you. Yeah, and you run, and it's supposed to. It's like running with weights, and you yeah. run when you're when oh. you have restricted. You know, Zach used to do it. Yeah, I see people. Yeah, goofy. Yeah. They had a scene about that. It has nothing to do with anything. This is just like the two scenes I remember of that show. <laughs> but I mean, the other one, the first one sounded similar. It uh, was very similar. That's why I brought it up. So basically, he gets cornered by wolves. And then Alistair, who's like his, his um, basically, in, in, in terms of like the plot, he serves as his connection to humanity, um, gets attacked by the wild. And so his humanity is attacked by the wild and he loses him, which... It, it, at first, it establishes that um, he is a he is an explorer, but he is not a hunter. He's a he studies things. He mm-hmm. doesn't. Um, it's kind of like a Star Trek Mass Effect thing where you don't hunt. You're there to learn and 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 define and We're explorers, yes, not soldiers. Exactly. And so, because we are he can't keepers of the peace. That's a Star Wars thing. It is a Star Wars thing. <laughs> not what soldiers. Is the, what is, is, it, is the soldiers We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers? Not soldiers. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
But because he's not a hunter, he can't defend himself. And so when nature takes over and starts to attack Alistair, who is a hunter, I guess, um, which is a foreshadow. Um, so Alistair is being attacked and Alistair tells him to, to run, to run away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was weird at first, <laughs> I guess, because uh, Niles Caller can't help. Um, but if you were being attacked by wolves, would you want me to run away? Or would you want me to help? Um, it's a tricky question, right? Cause it's a I, tricky question. Because I thought, I thought at first that... I would assume that you would help. I Here, would. First off, I don't think I would yell run. I would just assume that you would help. But if this guy's telling him to run because he knows that he can't do anything, maybe that's better. Mm-hmm. So well, get out of here. It serves for the story, yeah, but I'm yeah. thinking, like, let's say you were being attacked by an alligator. I just wouldn't tell you to run. <laughs> I'd be too busy screaming. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cursing and screaming and trying to go for the eyes. Cool thing about Alistair is that... I thought you were going to talk about alligators more. Uh, an alligator named Alistair. That's a good one. <laughs> um, it's a um, it's a masculine given name. Um it's kind of based off, uh, let's see, it's mostly a Scottish Gaelic name, mm-hmm. but it in Greek it can roughly translate to the one who repels men, and it's a classified as a warrior name. So there is like a very masculine hunter thing given to um, like this Alistair character who's supposed to represent a hunter, but also like the connection between... Niles Calder and humanity, and then he like gets lost in the wild. So I thought that yeah. was really cool how they made up this character for that story. That's really cool. Um, That's not the first time I've heard that name. No, I I, th- I can't I can't tell you right now which character's name or Alistair, but I know that name has been present in pop culture things. I honestly want to assume that I think it might be a Law Dispute album that's called Alistair. Um, I probably got that one wrong. All the stairs, <laughs> all the all of the stairs. That's what that name translates to. Mm-hmm. We were getting it wrong. Um, but yeah, so he he runs off and and then he gets like lost and and like basically he gets he he breaks his leg, which I thought was going to be like a like an origin to how he got handicapped, but apparently not. Um, Alistair's a fictional character in Dragon Age. That's a Bioware game. That's what it says right there on the Google. <laughs> character First thing. from Bioware's Dragon Age franchise. Huh. Um, I was trying to find other things about it. What was? What were you just saying? Um, that he he actually he gets found by the werewolf cryptid creature thing. Um, and that's basically how that ends. What do you? How do you? What would you describe that creature? It's got like a moose head, big tusks, antlers, and then it's abominable a, snowman body. Yeah, it, it's it's a weird it's a weird creature, right? Because it kind of like is it a bear? Is it an ape like creature? It has tusks, or is that a yeti? I think it's just hey, like, if yetis were always uh, creatures of fiction and magic, you don't really know what it looks like. Who's to say that that thing wasn't a yeti? Yeah, I guess you could. I guess you could just. Like blanket term, like that's a yeti. You remember those yetis in Uncharted Two? So the thing scared the shit out of me when I first saw it. 
They're yetis in Uncharted 2. Dude, and their reveal was <laughs> there's so like yetis, suspenseful. There's like yetis in the Skyrim uh, video games or something. They're yeah, but like, there's also dragons in that thing, so I can assume that yetis are real. It's a lot of things. There's and actual, Uncharted, it was people in costumes. There's vampires and werewolves, too, in Skyrim. They got it all. Oh, boy. And lions and tigers and bears. Stacked. But, so, I guess, not to keep anyone in the dark, because we're here to talk about the episode, but the... The cryptid thing actually turns out to be like a familiar of a character that we meet who is called Slava. And Slava is like this missing link creature. Uh, not creature, but like she really is like a missing link between. You have a name for her? In the, in the, in the her TV name is show. Slava. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Did you have to look that up? I, I was trying to look up her and then mm-hmm. it said Slava. And it, uh, was it just talking about the episode? Yes. So she wasn't and pulled from anything. Yeah. So okay. I and so this whole thing where the beard hunter might stem from uh, where does the beard hunter part come from? Um, I believe it's issue number forty-five of mm-hmm. Grant Morrison's uh, Doom Patrol run. Into the mic, Nate. I'm talking into the mic, Mark. Um, <laughs> forty-five of Doom Patrol by Grant Morrison, and he's there. He's hunting down. It's the same thing. He's uh, he's trying to get Niles Calder. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't look the same as the guy in the TV show, which I thought was really cool because I, I I'm not a big fan of this uh, character model in the book, just because it's too um stereotypical of a hunter bounty hunter most dangerous type thing. game yeah 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 yeah, yeah you're not, right not so much stereotypical because, I honestly like, Craven, think I guess would be the stereotypical hunter. Because he is the hunter. I will crush the spider. I honestly think um, the actor, Timmy, Timmy Snyder, who plays... I think he debuted in this. This is his first acting thing. No I'm, way. I'm pretty sure this was his first uh, his first old so, gig. Just to kind of segue real quick to talk about the Beard Hunter, I honestly think that Timmy Snyder's performance as the Beard Hunter makes this episode. Yeah. Like, it saves the episode from becoming... Um, if you think about like the stencil of like the skeleton of this plot or like the way it flows, it like if it was written poorly, which I think the writers for Doom Patrol have just been killing it every episode and they've been saving, they've been smart enough not to fall into like the pitfalls of like a C- CW superhero show. Mm-hmm. But that's honestly what it could have been if not handled by the right people and by excellent writers with, with like an Arrow TV show, you had those. We're gonna do our our flavor villain of the week, and we're gonna have like an extensive flashback subplot that's going to somehow fuel the whole season. You you remember like CW shows do that all the time with Arrow, yeah. Where it was always like Flash is a better handle on me. I I stopped watching Arrow. Well, yeah, but Arrow always did the flashbacks because for five years. Um, Oliver was on an island. Yeah. And so they would do, like, in the present time, Arrow's fighting, you know, said villain of the week. But throughout the episode, there is a flashback that relates to... Yeah, it's supposed to be like, here's how he learned how to do this. And then in the present, he's doing that. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. This episode... Like could have could been, have done that could have been that bad, but it isn't because you have, like, it's it's the villain, it's Timmy Snyder's work 
as the beard, the beard hunter. hunter that like excels it. Like, like honestly, his performance. It's weird that you say like this is his first time because it's like his. He has these things. His his whole performance that is like, I'm gonna do all these nonverbal things and 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 like I'm just gonna be this character. Great acting. Like it's great not, acting. There's such little things that he does that seem so normal, which I guess is a weird term, but it, it it's so normal how he does this and the way he talks and it's it's he's so comfortable in himself. It's. It's honestly incredible the way he delivers things. And it's such a good... I don't even know if it was written for the way that he portrays the character or if they they wrote it that way and so he had to play it like that. But it it it's almost like a guy who loves comic books. And, and they kind of make him accurate because he has like the suit and everything, doesn't he? Yeah. It's the the accuracy... I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm taking it from like the mindset of like he... This what's not his heyday. Mm-hmm. He w- he had a prime at one point. There was all, everything like in his little basement room. There was you know pictures of uh, people with beards, good looking people, and mm-hmm. things like that. And it seems like he was on the up and up in the. It w- it had a very nineteen eighties vibe coming from the comic book. So huh. like if he was in his prime in the nineteen eighties, I'm assuming it was like beefcake, skin tight, red jumpsuit. With the beard belt, you know. I never thought of that. You could, yeah. you could be right. Yeah, yeah, I think he was like, you know, washed up. It's not. He's used his power before. This yeah. isn't like him, like a guy in his mom's basement in the bureau, just like, hey, we know you have powers. We're going to use them. It's like, no, you probably. He's probably done some work in the past for him to be on the bureau's radar, but not significant enough for them to pick him up until he like. Yeah, let himself go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's got a meta ability, so he is a meta human. Dude, it is a meta ability. It is yeah. not just a fascination. Mm-hmm. It is like incredible. It's an incredible superhero power. Like mm-hmm. he actually has meta abilities. It's it's actually incredible. Um, yeah, I always thought he was like he was always like that, and the whole reason he was a beard hunter is because he himself could not have a beard. I don't know what I, like. The, his lack of facial hair fuels his need for facial hair or something. Like, yeah, I thought that, I can see where the confusion lies. Yeah, and yeah, no, it's honestly, but yeah, his his performance, the conversation he has with his mother, and and you know the way he's in the grocery store, they do some really cool stuff. And I think one of the most memorable parts of that grocery store scene was just the way. The camera is fixated on the Bureau of Normalcy when they're talking to him, where it's mm-hmm. like dead straight, like they're staring into the camera. Which normally, I think you're not supposed to do that. He did it as well. Yeah, they both he, do they, it. They, he, I don't, I, I don't know if that is considered breaking the fourth wall, but they were not breaking the fourth wall. But it, it's not, it's something that addressing the audience maybe it doesn't look good for no. character. To, maybe they're doing it. Maybe they're not technically doing it, but maybe it's still, it was just perspective. Yeah, but, but perspective like, from his point at the shopping center. But when he's tied to the chair later on, he does break and look directly at the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the way that they shot that, where everyone was just staring straight into the camera, so mm-hmm. like well done, and the way that they continue to act, and like they, it's not just the delivery of lines, but it's that that body language that he has, where he's like a lot of facial movements, a lot of. Um, 
like <laughs> it's gonna sound weird, but it's almost like he has a, he's he's mastered the way to like move the muscles around his his mouth when he's talking or when he's not, and he's like got like this like swagger mm-hmm. like in like his face. It it's that kind of stuff that's like only that character could do that. It's not an actor playing a character. It's when you fully believe that's a character who can be that comfortable. And it's like, I know my body and I know I can do like mm, these like, kind of motions and stuff. And so at, like just watching him perform was the highlight of the show. And it's always good to have something like that um, where if you are going to have a villain of the week, at least make them so memorable that you want to talk about them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we'll get more uh, into Beard Hunter when he finally shows up to Doom Manor. Um, but going back to um, Slava and Niles Calder, this was a this was a Slava Slava Slava. It is very weird because she's again. This isn't like anything like from a source material. Mm-hmm. Like this is just. I honestly think the writers are doing something completely original where they kind of go, okay, what makes now is called her tick. And, and when did that start happening? It's almost like a deep dive into his, his life and perspective. And so, uh, um, yeah. So you want to shout out the writer? I'm going to butcher his name. Eric Detail. Detail. How do you spell it? D I E T E L. Detail. 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 Sorry about it, buddy. <laughs> but appreciate the work. Oh, yeah. No, it was phenomenal. I kind of saved myself from giving a stab at it because I didn't want to also mess it up. I'll take the bullet mark. I got it. Don't <laughs> worry. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's such a weird um, story where she's been around for a very, 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 very long time. Um, and, and this kind of spurs his interest, like... I don't know. He's always been looking for oddities, and I guess he's never found one like this. And this spurs like where he wants to keep studying things like this. Um, did you get a sense that this is where it starts with like the Doom Patrol, or was this just like like? Do you think finding Slava and and wanting to protect Slava does that fuel why he cares about Rita Far Negative Man? There's an underlying protectiveness that is Niles Calder. Mm -hmm. And I don't know... I mean, obviously it stems from his relationship with Slava. But I'm not entirely sure as to whether it is good or bad, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's trying to protect the abnormal and unusual Mm -hmm. um, for their own good or if he's doing it selfishly. Or if he's doing it because he did walk away from Slava, mm-hmm. maybe he's still trying to fill that void in his life. Um, but it definitely has something to do with his prolonged life. De-aging. De-aging. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's 2019. Oh, yeah. The dude's like and so over... It's 100 years. He's over 100 years old. Yeah, they all... Some, he's probably like 150, 107 years old. yeah. And yeah, and so he has learned how to do that. Yeah. Um, and so, not to spoil too much, but just 
Alistair comes back and, and is like his he's in touch with humanity again and, and because Alistair is a hunter, uh, he he says that because of the war and stuff, that you know, the Bureau of Oddities has has evolved into the Bureau of Normalcy and now we still hunt for oddities, but now we just exterminate them. And and that leads Niles Calder to protect Slava. And and I thought that was very interesting because Almost immediately, I understood that as kind of like a metaphor for like what happened with the World Wars. Um, you know, the 1800s, like the early part of that entire what millennium where it was like, you know, starting with like medieval times in the thousands and then making its way up, you know, to the Great War. Is that what you're to trying like to say? The World Wars. Everything was about exploring, you know. We we decided we were going to explore different countries and we were going to like colonize and and stuff like uh, that. Don't give it too much credit. It's not well, so much on. exploring as it was. It's territorial still, grabbing. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's still exploring. But I mean, with especially with like the seventeen hundred, eighteen hundreds, there was like exploration of, yeah. of lands. But, but it wasn't but think selfless. About, but think of I know. But think about what happened. Not everyone's now is Calder, you know. Not everyone is like I'm going to explore and not exterminate. I'm just going to explore, right? Um, Lewis and Clark. But uh, were they nice people? I don't know. You're going to have to fact check that one out. I, I think it was Sakagawa who was who was making sure they were in check. Yeah, probably. Um, they killed themselves, or one of them killed themselves because he didn't know what else to do. No, he didn't get any know, recognition. Was... He didn't, like he didn't get paid for the expedition or something like that. Oh, and it wasn't it was like <laughs> Ex- exploration is your reward. Yeah, but he did it for money. Oh, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh I I, I kind of took that as a metaphor because the evolution to exploring the oddities and then into uh discovering and then exterminating the oddities. I took that like the Great Wars, I thought, like World War One and World War Two, kind of also did that, where it was like, "Hey, we're done exploring. We're done being nice about other people's cultures. Now everything is going to be cookie cutter houses and and normalcy. We're going to have nuclear families everywhere. Like it is time that the economic boom turns into like everyone is going to be normal." And so when Alistair is saying that about like how the Bureau of Oddities is, is turning into the Bureau of Normalcy, it almost felt like it was also like there was a literal transformation of how we perceived society in the future. Mm-hmm. Like everything is, everyone has to be the same. Everybody's got to be civilized. Everyone's got to be civil. Everyone's got to be normal. We're all going to be on the same page mm-hmm. and we're done exploring other people's cultures or like the great unknown. And and that happens today where Niles Calder says the world always needs explorers because there's still so many um, not undiscovered cultures anymore, but unexplored cultures where we where we have this ethnocentric like mindset of like, oh, that's not only ours now, but it has to be our way now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and exploring things like the ocean and, and whatnot, it's more like, how do we make the ocean ours, not how do we learn understand it. and understand it and, and abide by its rules, like nature and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I thought I found that really cool. I found that like um, that transformation, not just being like, uh, oh, your friend's a bad guy now. It just felt more um, 
more uh, more real yeah. than we think. Yeah, so it was pretty good stuff. I liked it. That's a, It was a good, very metaphor-heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Slava, uh, yeah, it turns out she's like familiar um, with that with that cryptic creature. Um, now, is she the familiar or is the creature the, the cre- familiar? The creature, I think, would be the familiar because she conjures it. Yeah, she, she can summon it. If she can and summon, does it have a will of its own, or is she controlling it? Um, that's a good question. Mm. That's a good question, especially for the end of the episode, the part that you were the most like, "What the fuck about?" Yeah. Because um, then, at what point is she a wizard, or or a a druid? A druid. That's a what druid, it is. Druid. Yeah. yeah. Druid. Yeah, because it, would, what do, it wouldn't you, be necromancer. How did you inter- How did you anyway. interpret the the last scene? How did I interpret the last scene? Yeah. I have no idea. Just explain, have explain no it to us. Okay. So uh, the Beard Hunter gets on a trail of Niles Calder, so we think, but he's starting to descend down what seems to be an endless stairwell. Um, completely black, just white stairs, and he's just going down and down and down and down, and finally reaches like a tunnel mm-hmm. where there is a fake Niles Calder, or at least somebody dressed up like him or it was knitted up to be like Niles Calder. I don't know. It was weird. It's like a puppet. Um, <laughs> it was. And then it was he, like yeah. a scarecrow puppet thing. It was weird, man. It was like a doll. It was like a doll. Doll maker? No, it's a Batman thing. It's a Batman thing. Um Yeah, anyway, so he ends up going down the tunnel seeing the fake Niles Calder and then behind him is the Creature, the the snow the, creature. The, the, yeah, I don't know what you want to call it. The f- the familiar, the cryptid, the yell- yeti, the yeti restaurant, the yeti restaurant, yeah, the yeti yeah. cooler. You ever been to the yeti restaurant? It's like, um, you know how they have Rainforest Cafe? Yes. They have like two other restaurants. They have T Rex Yeti one, and then they have Yeti. And this is a Disney thing. <laughs> yeah. Is it because of the Yeti on the mountain? The ride? The ride. The ride, Yeti on the mountain. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so there's Rainforest Cafe, which if if you, uh, I don't know, if you've never. I've never been to any, like, of those restaurants. I think I walked into Planet Hollywood one time to use their bathroom. So whoever's listening, if you've ever been to Rainforest Cafe, I'm sorry you got to hear it again, but I got to explain it for someone who might not know what the Rainforest Cafe is, which -hmm. which is a restaurant in which there's a bunch of... Animal animatronics around you, it's like just, elephants and, all over the and walls. gorillas and stuff like that. You can get dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets there if you wanted to. I can get those at Walmart. You could. Anyways, it's a it's a very touristy type uh, restaurant that you can go to. But then they have two other themes of uh, restaurants. One's called T Rex, so that's a bunch of animatronic dinosaurs this time, which you can have a meal next to. And then there's the Yeti, which I'm assuming <laughs> is a bunch of cryptids, or it might just be the one cryptid. Um, so in the rainforest cafe, there's, there's animals, there's jaguars, there's toucans. Yes. Maybe a couple monkeys. Yes. Um, maybe a lion. I think there's a lion. There's an alligator for sure. Lions don't live in the rainforest, so. No, they all exist here. (laughs) It's very weird. All right. And then T-Rex has dinosaurs. Yes. Yeti just has the one Yeti. Just the one Yeti. It was just hanging in the corner. That's terrifying. Yeah. He's over by the fountain drink. It would be more terrifying if if there were multiple mythological mythological druid Loch Ness type. monsters yeah. there. That would freak but, me out. But more. also, the Mothman is in the bathroom. Jersey Devil is like by the buffet. That <laughs> would Chupacabra scare is there. the shit. Chupacabra, they get something to run by your feet, and that's what that is. 
It's staging for you. I'm trying to think of who else is who, like. Um, now I'm just thinking of like every Paranormal X video you see on YouTube at the dark. At the I dark. have this monster book that uh, Mike gave me, and it was like his mom, uh, his grandmother's, or something like that, and it's from like the 1940s or something like that. I would just burn it. No, 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 no. It is a plethora of knowledge. It's from the Bureau of Oddities. It's amazing. I, <laughs> I used to put it in my bathroom and read it and stuff like that. It's a good toilet book. Um, but it's freak, it's freaky. Who would want to read a cryptic book? While on, we just talked about how it's, you're completely vulnerable when you're sitting... Yeah, I think poop. that's the best way to read these books. He <laughs> <laughs> scared the shit right out of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, one time I was uh, at my house and I was reading like up on the Jersey Devil and like urban legends and stuff like and that. And someone's knocking on the door. <laughs> no, even worse. It was like during like fall time. So the windows were open and stuff like that. Screen door was open and my mom went out to walk the dog. So I was in the house by myself. Sun started to set and I didn't turn any lights on in the house except for I was just, you know, zoned in on my computer screen. All of a sudden it got dark and I was more than halfway through this Jersey Devil story and some kid rode by on a bike screaming at the top of his lungs as kids do. Oh, yeah. I can see how that could scare you. (laughs) I freaked out. Uh, I had one of those pull out keyboard desks thing broke right off. I stood up and it. It scared me. You were like uh, Joaquin Phoenix in Signs. Yes. When the oh, <laughs> yeah. When the alien walks by. Yeah, that was my impression of him screaming. Oh, oh. What if that thing the... was in? What if aliens from Signs were in the Yeti restaurant, and they just walk by? And they you walk think by? it's like your waiter, but it's actually an alien. Well, uh, no, they would replace it with Bigfoot. It's same walk. But it's just Bigfoot. Who would make a restaurant where you're trying to eat and digest food and like... And Bigfoot's just, walking by? And they're just like giving you anxiety, panic attacks that something is going to scare you. Like, yeah. Like, wouldn't that be like... <laughs> sorry. You know, honestly, at that um, um, Avatar restaurant that they got at, at Disney... At the Avatar restaurant? At the Avatar restaurant that they got at Disney. Um, <laughs> they could definitely put some Navi characters up and have them pop up from the table and stuff. And it'd be the same thing and I would be just as scared yeah they're kind of big they're big and that restaurant is themed like i'm in a native fucking American. hunting lodge that yeah. like they're about to take revenge on me putting up camp and eating cheeseburger dumplings yeah damn colonizer i know right um rooting for a poison <laughs> blew my ass so it's a very it's a very strange memory that now is calder has and while we're well, we kind of feel like he's a hero in doing this and that he's going to stand up for the abnormal and, and, and be a protector almost, even to Mr. Nobody, who Mr. Nobody has no uh, no strength to to overrule that hidden memory and to unlock that deepest, dark, deepest darkest secret from Niles Calder. Um, in the present time, with the whole Beard Hunter thing, that seems to be a counter-argument the entire time. And this is where it gets weird. So what you're saying is that there was a reason why the flashback was happening at the same time as the Beard Hunter story. I'm not right there connecting that. So do you have a better handle on that? The only thing is I I think it's a a counter argument. How so? What's, What's the one argument? Because the flashback makes him like a hero. Okay. A survivor and a hero. Mm-hmm. But in the present time... The Beard Hunter is saying 
that one cyborg is a threat and also two the truth about Niles Calder is not going to be anything you like. Mm-hmm. So what could it be? You know, we've talked about this many times. We talked about this before we ever did this show, but you and I have always been like, yo, Niles Calder ain't a great guy. Yeah. He's not the best. Sometimes he's a piece of shit. Sometimes he's a straight up antagonist. Um, and that's what the present is telling us now. It's telling us um, that Niles Calder has been keeping secrets, and when you find out about those secrets, you're not going to like him anymore. But the flashback is saying, look how good this person is making the, the choices to, to protect Slava and, this, and the abnormal from the Bureau of Normalcy. Like, how can that be? Like, who's... It, it's not like who's right and who's wrong. It's all the truth. Like, it's all there. Nothing is being manipulated. No one is lying. But there's different interpretations. There's like, oh, here he is being a good guy. But here he is in the present being being referred to as a liar and not a hero. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I'm saying. It's it's so weird. It does kind of it does kind of connect, but in in an argument sense, it's very weird. Yeah, it's really just. I mean, it's just straight black and white. Um, yeah, I guess so. But it's like the same. It's the same person. Yeah, in black and white. I I had a thought, and I'm trying to remember it. Um. Run us through, like, uh, the Beard Hunter and, and, like, basically what he does this entire episode once he gets in Doom Patrol Manor. Um, so he gets in the manor. He sneaks his way past all the, the guards and the lasers and everything like that. That's non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> um, he ends up in one of the bathrooms. Um, I'm assuming it's the personal bathroom of Niles Calder. And he gets his little claw grabber and reaches down into the drain mm-hmm. and gets some some hair, some beard and stuff. Ugh. He then consumes it, and that's how he is able to use his powers of finding. You know, he when he eats or ingests fragments of one's beard, mm-hmm. he knows everything about where that beard has been. Yes, what it's eaten. Yes, what it's done, how it's been groomed, all of these things. So he is a fantastic tracker. Yes. Um, he then, I guess, goes into some weird trance pass out thing or whatever. Gets captured by Cyborg and Rita and is starting to be questioned. Um, it's not long before he breaks free and gathers up his things. And when Cyborg and Rita notice him, um, Cyborg goes haywire. Now, mm-hmm. before all that, Cyborg dropped a little piece of chin scruff on the ground. Beard Hunter consumed it and got a taste of Cyborg. Now, was he controlling Grit at the time? No. Was he interfering or was he just like nope. tapped into it? Like he just knows what's going on. He he was just reading him really well. You know, he he basically, he he learned almost everything about his, his adversary, which mm-hmm. is Cyborg. And basically Grit is like, Grid is like you're you're outmatched by this person. Oh, okay. I have to. When he was saying the host is compromised, mm-hmm. he was saying the beard hunter knows you too well. You cannot defeat him. I'm going to defeat him. Okay, it's kind of like the reset button again, where it was like now I need to take over. Mm-hmm. And so, this has been something that uh, was foreshadowed earlier 
in the therapy patrol. And then we've been talking about it this entire time. But for those who, you know, never saw this coming, this is the episode where it does flat out say, hey, grid is a problem. If you don't know who grid is, grid is a problem. And that's what this episode does. And so grid is actually taking over his his cybernetics and says, I'm in control now. I'm going to exterminate this target. Um, and that's why he keeps saying that. Um, and and that's what the beard hunter is trying to say when he's like, you're a threat. And so it's kind of now it's called her as well. Um, and so I thought that was like, I don't know what to expect mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I'm telling you, at the end of this episode, I don't know. I don't I, I don't know what to expect. The only thing I I know what to but expect like is just a side thing. Developing or I love how it's developing and mm-hmm. I love how they they threw me off the the trail. The comfort zone. Yeah, the mm-hmm. trail if you will. Um yeah, they 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 took me out of my you know you could have a conversation where it's like, oh, yeah, I know Doom Patrol. I know it like back of my hand or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, yeah, but the show still has surprises for me. Yeah. It's not like I'm just, it, it's not like going to read um, Justice League Origin and then watching Justice League War. Yeah. And, and I guess we always have to remind ourselves that <laughs> Cyborg has never been part of Doom Patrol. Yeah. And so, so they wrote him yeah. in here. Yeah. So they, it's got to be different. Like they wrote him in for a reason. Like there's, you know, it's not like someone was like, oh, you have to put Doom Patrol in here or our Cyborg in here. Yeah. He's there for a reason because it's, I think they definitely had a, had a real conversation of how Cyborg fits perfectly within doom patrol even mm-hmm. like you know 30 years after he after doom patrol came out yeah someone was just like hey you know you can easily he came out around the same time hey you can easily throw this guy into doom patrol and he would fit instead yeah. of teen titans and they were like this makes a lot of more sense yeah <laughs> um i also think there may be parallels between him and jason um in the Todd? books no no no, no. um oh 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 fire jason. oh jason yeah sorry um so I don't. I, I think there was also like, yeah, we can easily just replace him, like switch out the characters or whatever. But Cyborg definitely has a bigger deal because mm-hmm. it's he's got powers that he has no idea what they are, and he's learning him just like how the rest of the team is. Anyway, yeah, you're right. It's a new concept to have that character in there, and it's really hard what to expect in the future. We can yeah. gather things because like we know the storylines and, and we I know the beats. What- but yeah, I guess that's one of the coolest things about the overall overall uh, seasons plot is that that doesn't really have a stencil. Like, there's not really any source material to go off of. There's nothing to say, you know. Oh, like the Mister Nobody. Mister Nobody Niles, captures yeah. Niles Calder. But it's Doom not Patrol like, got to find yeah. their way to get to him. Like, that's it's, not, it's not a just thing. Like the one, yeah, it's not the one line story. And so it's very original, and so mm-hmm. the way they're able to lay out this breadcrumbs, but also within the first few episodes give you like the answer right in the beginning mm-hmm. where they say, here's the painting that's going to, that's basically the season finale and you're going to have to put the pieces together this whole time. I think maybe now, and I still feel like we're being set up for failure is thinking, Oh, grid is the problem. That grid at the end of the season is going to be the villain. Mm-hmm. That you know, grid takes over and and kills the Doom Patrol and 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 kills uh, Niles Calder. Maybe like maybe it is science that defeats 
abnormality. The abnormality. Like hmm. <laughs> science demands normalcy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it could be something like that. It could be very uh, philosophical in that sense where you get rid of all that. Yeah. So it is very strange. Um, some cool things about that scene uh, with, or basically just that subplot with Rita Farr and Cyborg is there's a comic book that two two episodes ago Danny the Street gave Cyborg this comic book which was supposed to be a way to defeat Mr. Nobody or maybe find I don't know if it was necessarily a way to defeat but I think it was support it's it's like Casey getting her comic book how her book is telling her about all her powers and mm-hmm. like her past adventures so she could understand it I think it's kind of around the same same kind of thing yeah um, there was a little excerpt cut out that got us very excited. <laughs> yeah, it did. And it makes sense. Um, you want to just go into it? Uh, you want to go into it? Yeah, I'll go into it. <laughs> so Rita looks down at the comic book and she says, there's a hunk missing. Me, obviously, thinking there's a, a hunk of the book, a, a chunk, if you will, uh, pages, multiple pages. Really? Out. Yeah, I didn't think it was actual hunk, good looking guy. She said there's a hunk missing until like she said like, oh, it's this ad and it's gone and it showed the whited out cut out big muscle guy yeah on the ad and ecstatic i cheered i clapped i loved it um it we was got confirmation ad. we got confirmation it was an ad for mentalos which is a breakfast cereal that will i couldn't read the 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 ad but it will probably have to do something with muscle mystery and that is a call to flex mentalo Yes, I, I kind of lost what I was saying right there. You were just second. so yeah. excited. I was excited. I couldn't find the words. Flex Mentallo. Yes. Confirmation um, that he's going to be in the show. Awesome. Yes. It's good that the Beard Hunter is probably is still in it. I don't know if he... I don't know if he died. I mean, I guess it's it may so be It's so strange. It's really strange. But Flex Mentallo in the new book um, first showed up as like a homeless man with a beard and yes. like no muscles, stuff like yes, that. Yes, and that yes, is yes. when like the beard hunter storyline mm-hmm. started to kick in. Um, or at least he was like affiliated with it. Was um, beard hunter in the books, was he hunting flex or was he hunting? He was hunting Niles, but I remember flex with the overgrown hair and beard and the yes. trench coat and stuff being a part of that. If not like really close by it, mm-hmm. um, I could have sworn Beard Hunter like also went after Flex. Yes, that happened. I think that did happen. I mean, it, later on, it, you in the said series. issue forty, right? And then forty five or something like that. Oh, yeah. forty five. So it might Beard Hunter might be after the the pupa war or whatever the geometric war. I can't remember geomancer war. I can't really remember it. But there was a war of the the pupa or whatever that happens with Ray Jones. Yeah, Raya Jones. Um, yeah, there, and I think the Beard Hunter stuff is after that. And Flex Mentallo was a, uh, among Danny the Street, which maybe since the comic book was given, and see, this is where it gets so weird because the comic book is so small of a detail, but it's also like such a big part of like the story because is it a metaphysical comic book? Is it telling about the adventures of the Doom Patrol uh, as they you know, as they uh, play out in this season. Like, there's so many things to consider with this comic book. And then Flex Mentallo is in there, but now he's missing. So it's like, did he get out of the pages? Like, what is happening here? So it's, there's, 
I don't know. Or is he still just hanging around Danny Street? Maybe, maybe somewhere else in the comic book. Um, yeah, he could be very well could be somewhere else in the comic book. It's uh, it's a Rocky and Bullwinkle situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll save the Mentalo talk for when, when we actually see him. Yeah. yeah, just we got confirmation. We got our boy sound the alarm, uh, light a fire to Gondor, whatever they do. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, but what else? What else happened? I think uh, was there anything else that I, I guess the ending with. Um, um, you you called it a foreshadow of how um, um, the, in the beginning when Niles was a they were attacked by wolves and everything like that. It was mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, nature versus man, uh, hunter versus wild kind of thing, mm-hmm. and, and wild mm-hmm. won both times. Um, because the end is when Niles kind of betrays his quote un- old friend, yeah, um, and leads him down the same path that almost killed him, yeah, um, crack the ice, break the water. And in that sense, the wild won. Yes. Um, and I think it was at that moment where Niles realized that they're never going to stop looking for me. Like, I have to go back and, mm-hmm. and so I can protect Slava. Um, I'm really hoping we get more into Niles' past, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Trying to figure out why he was trying to protect her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, love, of course, is the easy answer but i think it's something deeper than that i really think his aging has to do with this uh with this episode and something with slava yeah i think i don't know i wonder if like she gave him if they shared power or something like that because she was one that that she she she's a non-ager what's the term (laughs) um I guess immortal is is a is a word you can use, um, but I I want to go back to what you said about like I'm sure it's more than just love, but it could be if you consider love as a very broad thing, a, a, a very broad spiritual energy, and and not and I know most people think of love as like partner things Mm -hmm. i know there's like a love quote-unquote love scene between the two but i think it's more when they do the funeral thing for the dead men that she's been hoarding in the cave Uh, when they do the 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 funeral um and then he learns about her her history and sees Oyewa show up or whatever. I don't even know if that's the name of the creature, but they say it a lot. Um, I think it's supposed to be like a god thing. Yeah, or uh, like Yahweh. Yeah, Yahweh. Um, but um, like it could be like and as he learns and 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 lives in the culture that she has, he is living longer and live and living uh, and learning the the world around him in such a strange way. It's almost like he unlocks something within himself, mm. like um, maybe not just brain power, but like he taps into like the essence mm-hmm. of um, like mystery, the, like the yeah, like um, I don't want to say like he taps into like the magic of the earth because it couldn't, it, it may not be magic, mm-hmm. but if he taps into like the mystery of the of the earth itself by mm-hmm. you know slava being like the epicenter of it all like 
it is something like that. And, and, and there could be, you know, that love to protect that or feeling like you belong to that in a sense, but then cutting yourself off of it. It's, I guess it's almost like the force, like you're connected to the force now and you can cut that off to protect it. Like, yeah, I know that was a thing from another movie, but like, I mean, it could very well be that, you know, I, I don't know. It's very, it's a very good question because, you know, Interstellar told us that, um, Love is the only thing that can tra- tra- traverse uh, both time space and, space. and time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then how do you quantify that? Gravity. You measure love by gravity or something like that. There's something That's between... A, they did say that in Interstellar. Yeah, it's something like that. They're, they're connected. Which, who's to say they're not? You know, That's true. If you, if you love something, you just normally gravitate towards it. And I don't know if that's just a word that you say, but you're drawn towards something. Love is powerful. Love is extremely powerful. Or love is a battlefield if you're Pat Benatar. Love is a battlefield. <laughs> um, it is a very strange thing. And, and and that's why I guess the ending is so weird, where the cryptid shows up and somehow traps the beard hunter with a fake Niles Calder in like a f- weird, crazy, zany flight of stairs. And don't know, don't know. I don't know. It's honestly like an art installation where you go, don't understand that. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't. Because it's like, even then, I feel like I got to pull from like a third source. Like, okay, what is this? Like, Mm -hmm. where are the stairs coming from? Like, what comic book is that in? What what comic book is a a puppet Niles Calder in? Like, is this the butterfly collector? Is a cryptid something else? Like, who's doing, you know... Does Mr. Nobody play a part in that? Like, does, you know, like, Mr. Uh, I don't know. Mr. Nobody, um, did you feel like you wanted more for him? Or, I mean, we we haven't been getting a lot of Mr. Nobody. I love the, 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 the scenes that we have of just Mr. Nobody and Niles in there. And you're okay with just that amount? I'm okay with that. Them being in their little limbo area mm-hmm. that they're at. Mm-hmm. Their conversations. Their conversations are incredible. Yes. And Mr. Nobody, Alan Tudyk, the, the writing for that character is fantastic yeah it's so well done he's got some smart written jokes it's extremely smart and even i said it before the um the the outfit that he's wearing the director's outfit yeah where it's he's just directing great. the show yeah he says i'm making a story here i need yeah. more information yeah so it's so metaphysical where he is mm-hmm. drawing he's pulling things out to tell us the audience yes, like yes, he, yes, yes. he is making the episode. I gotta he make is, this show Yeah, good. he's putting the things into motion. Yeah. He's giving the people the clues. He's doing these things for the, the Doom Patrol to go on and find him and, and all these things. Because, I mean, I'm sure Mr. Nobody could just snap his fingers and nothing would exist anymore. Like, it would all just be done. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's that powerful. But he's concocting a show. Yeah. There was even, like, a well-written joke that I... I caught that I really enjoyed. It was like when he was saying that, um, I either he said Niles Calder was a man of compromise or he wasn't, but then he was like, I mean, you would know you dated a Canadian, and it was a reference to Slava, who is in Canada, and mm-hmm. it was like as a joke about dating a Canadian as like a compromise or something like that. And so I was like, that's such a well written joke. Is that just a compromise thing? Is just like a, like a. It was like a, a 1940s American mindset kind of thing. I don't. I think it was just a joke about Canadians not being that great or something. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you settled with a Canadian. Or it's something. rough, and it was like that's such a good joke. And these, like, it, it has that Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor thing where it's like, 
the words that they're saying are more than exposition. Mm-hmm. It's poetry. It has such multiple layers to it that it works so well. It's very smart writing. And the bits when Niles Calder and, and Mr. Nobody are, are so well done, so well written, and then so well delivered by the actors, of course. Um, but then again, we're talking about like top tier actors anyways. So it's like incredible stuff. Um, but I think that's about it. I think, uh, I think that's all I got for this one, unless you got anything else for No, I think, I think we can wrap it up. Um, I'm still, um, in confusion. Mm -hmm. Nothing that we said here really cleared anything up and I'm not sure that it was supposed to. I think for once they, I think this is the episode. I, I think we've been a little ahead of the curve. And it sounds so narcissistic. I'm sorry. Dude, I'm in one of the biggest narcissistic phases in my life right now, and I'm all about it. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. But it's like we've we've seen a lot of these things coming, and and this feels like the episode where they were like, here's everything that's going on. Like Now Mm -hmm. we're we're all on the same page here that I think these next five episodes are going to be ramping up to that season finale where where they try to get everyone on the same page to that climax. And um, I think... You know, if it, I think it was just that. It was just like, hey, grit is bad. Niles Calder is not a good guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're this close to finding Mr. Nobody. Like, I think that's what this episode was. And, like, maybe the Beard Hunter was in, like, some sort of realm that was close to the purgatory esque place that, that Niles was being held. Yeah, he was traversing different realms. Like, yeah. he was somewhere not normal. Like, he was so like maybe another... that was Slava protecting Niles. I think it had to have been. It, yeah, right. Like, doesn't it? Like, that's make the a biggest... fake Niles and call, make a trap, and then have the familiar show up. I on, yeah, honestly, like everything that we learned today, mm-hmm. um, was stuff that we've been saying like we're gonna get to. Like us just being like Doom Patrol detectives, where we go, like this is a, this is gonna line up at some point, and then yeah. this is the episode that does it. And then, like, the very last one is, like, oh, by the way, Cryptid's going to show up again and puppet Niles Caller thing, and we're going to be like, well, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and then also having, for once, Mr. Nobody be like, there's information that I don't have. Mm-hmm. And that's us, the viewers, going, there's information that we don't have, and we want it, too. Yeah. And so that's how it ends at the episode, and, and it is one of those, like, okay, but now we're all on the same page. And now we're all asking the same question, which we're going to have to find out, I guess, in the next episode. Hopefully in the next episode, they, they, they dive more into that. But um, yeah, we're going to wrap it up for today. But if you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at Radio Doom Patrol and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you could join us and other listeners of the show and uh, talk about today's episode or any episodes you're catching up on. Tell us what you thought about today's episode. Tell us what you expect. Tell us what you got out of it. And uh, maybe we missed something. And let us know there. And uh, until then, DJ, please take it away. A secret origin, malfunctioning machines, and mystical bout magic. It all begs the question, if bearded men cannot band together in defiance of a clean-shaven foe, then what hope is there? So stay tuned next week as the search continues here on Doom Patrol Radio. No one can hear us